Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Love Offering Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Adams, and today's guest is Sarah Johnson. Sarah is the author of Now Waiting, and she's on the show today helping us to navigate the tension between where we want to be and where we are currently. Tune in to discover how to remain confident in the goodness of God, even when our seasons of waiting leave us feeling discouraged frustrated, and left out of God's plan. So join us as we learn how to wait well. Hello, Sarah. Welcome to the Love Offering Podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here with you. So you are the author of Now Waiting, um, which we were just talking before we were recording, like how timely this message is in this season of like, right. waiting and waiting, <laughs> waiting in our yes. during this quarantine. Um, but I'm interested, you know, obviously before our current set of circumstances, what was the season of waiting or possibly the seasons of waiting that you experienced that inspired you to write this book? Yeah, I think, you know, when I always knew I wanted to be a writer ever since I was very small and just kind of developed that over time even more. And so when I was kind of putting, you know, my uh, intentions forward to begin writing a manuscript, I knew exactly the kind of book and what, what book I wanted to write. I knew the story I wanted to tell as somebody who is an achiever by nature, someone who's very driven, someone who loves goals and task oriented, you know, ever since I was small, you know, I always, I always had goals. I always had deadlines and different things like that. And so just kind of the way in which I um, am wired uniquely. And then also living in such a social media, very quick and instant world, you know, um, today um, here in quarantine, um, I was able to, you know, load up my grocery cart in a matter of five seconds. I didn't have to wait in line. I didn't have to, you know, see if there was in fact toilet paper or not. You know, I didn't have to do any kind of waiting simultaneously. I was able to prepare for our conversation today. And so there's so many things in our world that have become easier and faster And while I love all of that, and while I'm thankful for some of the things that we can, you know, work smarter, not harder, I have found that most of our life is in fact in the waiting. And so the waiting is not a passive sitting on our bottoms, just kind of, you know, hands crossed and just waiting on something, but waiting is active and it's living life in the middle. And so although I was driven, although I am goal oriented, some things in life take time and there's purpose that is found there. And so I found that I had so many different seasons where I was frustrated, where I was you know, questioning the goodness of God, where I just felt left behind in life and just felt like life was moving forward faster, brighter for others. And so I found myself caught in this tension of frustration. And so me as an encourager and someone who loves to encourage people on the journey, I knew right away that I wanted to write this book. And so in my book, Now Waiting, I do share, you know, different seasons of waiting, different things, um, you know, that I have walked through and navigated and, um, you know, just bringing some insight and some, you know, fresh perspective on what I feel has been a topic, you know, of discussion before. And there are books that cover it, but I really do believe that God has given me a unique perspective um, and, you know, something that can be relatable and speak to 
the heart of girls in 2020. Well, so, you know, if we're all honest, I don't think anybody would raise their hand and say, like, I like to wait. Right. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And if you are like, I don't know, I don't know about you, you know, like, I (laughs) want to know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So what is it in, in us as humans that makes us so impatient, do you think? I think that, you know, if you look even back, um, you know, throughout scripture. And if you look back in history, people wanted to do things fast and, you know, it's that gratification of, you know, we think like, okay, I thought about it. So it should be, I planted that seed. So it's time to harvest, you know, um, thinking about someone who, you know, you have children, I have children, you know, um, those months of waiting between the time that you find out you're pregnant to the time that you are delivering that baby, you know, at at first, I think like when you set your eyes out at the beginning, it's exciting and you have all kinds of stuff that you're doing, but that last stretch seems like forever, you Mm. know? And at that point we become really restless. And I know for me anyways, I was doing everything in my power, walking, jumping, you know, like whatever I could do, I was (laughs) reading all of the things like, okay, I'm about to eat some spicy food right now. You know, like (laughs) I was going to get this baby out. And so I think that, you know, although most of us aren't gardeners or, you know, farmers, you know, um, I I believe that even farmers and different people that had to work for things a little bit longer even found themselves impatient. But I do think that now we live in a faster time. So I think our threshold for just sitting with something longer has become shorter. And so I think that, you know, um, it, it is in our nature, you know, I think that it is something that we have to, I don't think we ever overcome. And like you said, I don't think we ever get to a place where we're like, sign me up for the waiting, (laughs) but I do think that we develop you know, um, some bandwidth, we do develop some perspective over time as we realize what, what waiting looks like and how it can really benefit us and how it matures us and how it prepares us for the things that we think we're so ready for. And so, you know, deserving of sometimes, um, faster. And so I think it's been in our nature, you know, um, you look back and you just kind of see the different stories of people kind of rushing forward or moving a little bit faster. And so, um, I think that, you know, as a mom, you know, with my kids, like I see that in them and, um, And rather than just like, hey, you just need to sit still and, you know, you just kind of teach them in those moments. And so, yeah, I think we just kind of develop a perspective, but it's certainly not anything that we ever sign up for. Yeah. Well, you know, we may never know until we reach heaven, but can you surmise, like, why do you think God made waiting a vital part of our stories? Yeah, I think about the scripture and I still don't really fully understand it, you know, where it talks about the timing of God and how, um, you know, one day is like a thousand and, you know, yeah. like his timing, he, he, he operates in the time of eternity. And so I think that in waiting the, when you're going on a journey and when you're setting out for an adventure, um, and as you experience those middle moments, as you experience things that take a little bit more time, I think what is developed in us is invaluable. And God is capable of giving us everything we want right now. He yeah. can even lift this banner, even this thing that's go, you know going on in our current situation with our world, with this pandemic. He could do that. And I'm not saying that he hasn't or he's not moving in that. But what I'm saying is, is that 
in that process, we are so focused oftentimes on that destination or that figurative uh, finish line. We are so focused there and God is so careful with us. He is such a good father. He is so sovereign and he loves us way too much to give us something in the wrong season and in the wrong time of our lives. And so he will use you know, the op, you know, the time of our waiting and the time of our seasons to develop us because he's more concerned of who we're becoming than where we're going. And so I think that he, um, you know, I used to think of it as a prison. I used to think of it as a punishment and I have shifted my focus so much, um, since, you know, just my different times of uh, seasons of waiting and even, you know, sitting down and really, fleshing this thing out of, you know, my different seasons and realizing that it is a gift. And just like, you know, me as a mom who, you know, um, my daughter Brooklyn wanted what she called a minivan. And I don't know why she got that name of it, but it was a minivan. I don't even own a minivan and I have three kids. Um, but she wanted this, it's like a, you know, a little car that you can drive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was something that was on her mind front and center. And she, you know, wanted it so bad. And she, I mean, she looked it up, told us how much it would be. I mean, she's, she's got it. This girl, if she wants something, she's going to go for it. And that was appropriate for her. You know, that, that was an appropriate gift for her at, as an eight-year-old, but I was not going to hand over my keys, the car that I drive you know, <laughs> right. to her. Right. And so, although she might think she can totally do that because she has, you know, spent some time, you know, driving up and down, you know, our front yard, Um, I, as her mom know that she's not quite ready for that. And so, you know, I think that God, he, um, allows these times for us to, um, grow personally. I think he also, um, allows those moments for us to, um, know that we need him and that we are, um, it's a daily thing of trusting him with our lives. And I think that, all of us are capable of doing so many great things and experiencing so many great things, but God loves us so much. He wants to do these things with us. And in that process, I think he gives us the gift of time and he gives us the gift of growth that's found there. That was such a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I really, Boom. I I'm winning answer. right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so in your book, you extend an invitation to wait well. Yeah. So what, what do you suggest we do with our times of waiting? For sure. I think, you know, um, I, I was talking to some friends and I said, this for sure is a quarantine book, but it's so much more than a quarantine book yeah. because this is not going to be the last time that you and I (laughs) are waiting. Right. (laughs) Right. And so this will probably be the last time that we're all collectively waiting as like the whole world is doing the same thing. You know, life will move on and others will be moving full steam. And, you know, you and I might be finding ourselves in a different season of waiting. And so, um, you know, in that, um, you know, in that process and, you know, kind of, looking at this, so many people have, you know, um, said, I want out of this, like, just get me out of this. Mm -hmm. And 2016 was one of the hardest years of my life. And it still, if I put it together with 2020, it still is the hardest year of my life. And I found myself ready for 2017. I could not wait to count that ball drop down. You know, I could not wait for that moment 
And as I got, you know, just quiet with God, just like I've done, you know, every year as we kind of get ready for a new season and a new year, just, you know, seeking him, I, I heard in my spirit him say, what I know you want out of this, Sarah, but what are you going to get out of it? Like, what are you going to get out of this? Because you will face hard times again. You're going to face waiting seasons again. You're going to face dry desert lands again. You're going to face times where you feel like I am so far removed from your situation. You're going to have these times again, but what will you get here that will prepare you for that? And I think that in that, that has been the biggest thing for me. And so I have learned how to leverage my waiting season. And I'm not going to go through something unless it's going to make me better. It's going to make me stronger. It's going to make me more, you know, reliant on God. It's going to make me more, you know, empathetic to, to, you know, and, 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 you know, compassionate and all of those things. And so, um, I think that has been the biggest shift is in my spirit and in my heart and the way I, I approach things of saying, okay, you know, God has ordained my steps. I believe he loves me. I believe he has led me here. And so if he has not moved me forward yet, then what is it that he is teaching me here? What am I learning here? How is this meaningful? And so I think that has been the biggest part and the biggest, you know, lesson learned in that process of, no, I don't want out of it. And not to say that you, again, you're not signing yourself up and it's not a weird thing. That's like, I'm just really embracing this. And I'm just like, you know, I'm loving it. You don't have to love it, you know, Mm -hmm. but waiting well means that you are going to make the most of your day and that you are going to, yes, have vision and yes, have audacious prayers that, you know, um, you know, and, and have those things that you're believing God for, but not overlooking here. And so the, the truth is, is that we're all going to, um, you know, move out of this. We're all going to get out of where we are right now, but the story we tell is about how we waited. It's not if we waited because we're going to wait. And so it's about how we're going to wait. And so I talk about, you know, even the children of Israel. And for those who may not, you know, know that story, you know, as um, God is, you know, rescuing them, he chose rescue by the way of the desert. And he chose rescue by, you know, sending them through the wilderness. And we look at it as like, wow, look, God you know, did this with the Red Sea and look what he did and straight manna comes from heaven, you know, like he feeds them by the way of carbs, like straight up from the sky. Like they didn't have to do anything with it, you know, and here they were complaining about it. And yet we look at them and go like, how could they complain about that yet? in our waiting, it could be filled with frustration. It could be filled with, you know, um, discouragement. It could be filled with, you know, um, just like complaining, you know? And so I think that we're all going to wait, you know, but how we wait matters because I feel like if, you know, the majority of our life is spent here, then our waiting is our story and who we are, you know, um, and who we're becoming, um, happens there. And so, you know, um, it's, it's when our kids, excuse me, when our kids or people in our lives are looking in and are saying, okay, you know, there's a, that's a girl on a journey 
And right now she's in a, in, a, in a time where things may not be going so smoothly or things might be taking longer or whatever it is that God is refining in her. And we have an opportunity um, not to do it perfectly, but to do it well. And I think that, you know, that's the story that our kids will tell. That's the story that we get to tell. And that's the story that will be told of us of not where we, where we, you know, okay, that's cool where you, you know, ended up, but how did you get there? You know? And so that's, that's the part that I feel very passionate about. Um, and that's the part that I don't want anyone to have to, you know, make up any pretend stories about how I did it, you know, but, um, that I was just a girl who really trusted God. And so, and that I did it well, not, not perfectly, but I surrendered it to him. Sarah, you're a motivational speaker. Like I am, <laughs> I am feeling so inspired by what you're saying. And in fact, I'm so glad uh, you, uh, you actually have an influence her podcast, which we'll men- mention later, but like you're influencing me in such a positive way today. Wow. I'm so, I'm so glad conversation. Oh, uh, I'm I, so glad. I know the listeners are going to be as well. So let's talk about those moments um, between where we are and where we yeah. want to be. You mentioned sort of that destination and I'm sort yeah. of that girl too. It's like, okay, give me a goal. I want to meet it. And then, okay, once right. I get there, let me meet the next one. So, right. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's why you're speaking my language so much. So, so how do we learn to embrace the seasons of waiting as a time to thrive and not yeah. just endure? You sort of touched on this, but do you have anything sure. else to say on that? I think that, you know, a couple of things that, um, you know, um, that like even kind of what you just said about like, okay, we meet that deadline or we, we, we cross that finish line and then we're like ready and to go on to the next. And I think that, um, one of the things that I have, um, out of me and my husband, he's the fun parent. He's the fun guy. <laughs> like he brings the fun. And like, when I need to, like, I I'm a fun person and I will bring the fun, but if there's like a job to be done, I am like, let's go. You know what I mean? Like, let's do what we've got to do. And so one of the things that I have created a habit, I am all about habits. One of the things that I have done so much more of, and I think that will help us tremendously is celebration. Mm -hmm. If celebrating things, you know, and, and being super grateful. I, you know, gratitude is the best attitude, but really it is, you know, when we can shift our, our perspective and we can be looking, um, at our life in, in a place of gratitude, that's a place of abundance. And so when we are coming from a place of abundance and not a scarcity mindset, we are not feeling like we're running behind, but we actually feel like, wow, look at, where my feet are planted right now. You know, we can see the richness of whatever season we're in, whether that's in, you know, whether we're single and, you know, whether we're believing God for a person, we can approach it as an abundance, not like, oh gosh, every time my friend now, you know, starts dating someone, that's one less guy for me. You know what I mean? Like we can see it as a place of abundance and say, okay, what, what is incredible, incredibly rich in this place? What can I be really grateful for here? And so gratitude, you know, celebration has been something that I have, you know, um, chosen, um, to really do. I have celebrated every single moment of even my writing journey. And, um, and then right behind that and right next to it, if you will, is comparison is when we are focused on the lives of others, 
we will not see what we have as enough. Mm -hmm. And we will feel this tension or this, um, you know, this temptation to run someone else's race or at their pace or run their leg of the race and where they are. And so I have, um, really, um, like got, you know, really honest with myself. And I have at every single turn did have done whatever I can to combat, you know, the temptation of comparison. And so I think that celebration, and then I think comparison helps us see that our, our today is exactly the day that God has entrusted us with. And so rather than, you know, um, looking at the lives of others, stacking ourselves up against each other, and also, you know, just kind of not taking time to celebrate. I think that when we do that, we, we, we feel like in a frenzy, you know, like we feel like, um, you know, I don't know, you open up our social media and it's like, whoa, she just wrote 45 books like overnight. <laughs> like what in the world? You know what I mean? Like I better go do that, you know? And so it's like, yeah. we, we do that. And I, and I, um, was laughing about this. I, you know, as a first time writer, I have no idea like what to do. Like, that's true. That's not like pretend authenticity. Like I had no clue what mm-hmm. I was doing and I still don't about, about, you know, launching a book. And so, I remember like, okay, like, all right, how to do a launch team. All right. And so I, I threw out an email and I was so overwhelmed. 50 girls said, yes, I will buy the book. I want to be on your launch team. And so I'm like, sweet. The same day, one of the um, girls that I love and um, she's a mentor for far. She has no idea who I am, but I know who she is. She's an author and a speaker and a mom and all of that. She Um, I got an email from her to my inbox and she said, I'm looking for the first 500 women um, to be a part of my launch team for my book. And I laughed out loud because Mm -hmm. it was such a moment, an opportunity that I can look at my 50 and say, that's not awesome. Yeah. You know, and how unfortunate is that for her, for me and for God and for the 50 girls that said, yes. Yeah. For me, you know, and so I think that that is something that I've become really, um, really passionate about. And I think that, you know, um, it goes back to that place of abundance or scarcity. If we feel like there's not enough for us, then we are going to fall trapped to comparison. If we believe that, you know, and I talk about this in chapter three, talked about uh, running your race. And um, in the book now waiting. And so if we look at this Christian life about getting and about receiving rather than about serving and about laying down our life, then we will compare. Mm. Um, And so if we feel like, man, there's not enough for me, we're in a scarcity mindset. We're not going to celebrate the wins because we won't even see them as a win in our life. We won't even see them as a victory in our life. We won't even see them as a miracle in our life. We will overlook the very things that God is doing in our life. And so what happens is, is we're not in the moment. We're in another day. So there's worry there. Anxiety happens there when we're thinking about you know, the future days. And then we're so wrapped up on other, uh, other, you know, the lives of others that we're not super present. And so 
I have over the last couple of years, I've gotten really excited about my life. I've gotten really excited about my home. I've gotten really excited about my kids. I've gotten really excited about my victories. You know, like it is so cool that I can walk into a Barnes and Noble and find my book on a shelf, you know what I mean? And it's like, and whether they bought two of them, you know, or some, some locations bought eight, I don't know. You know, it's like that to me. And, and, you know, is, um, is my win, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that, and it doesn't, um, devalue someone who, you know, has written 10 books and that hasn't happened for her yet, you know, or whatever that might look like. And so I think that, you know, focusing on our today, we have to do that from a place of celebration. We have to do that from a place that Jesus is enough and that we don't, if he didn't do anything else for us, like, He's done it all, you know? And so in this, like everything is bonus and him allowing us to be a part of his redemptive story through our gifts and using our gifts and the way he's uniquely designed us like, man, that is the coolest thing ever. And so I think that, um, you know, um, and then understanding significance and what God considers significant. Um, you know, we as a culture have placed a lot of things on, this idea of significance. And so if we adhere to culture, then we're going to feel really insignificant most days. Mm -hmm. Um, but if we understand kingdom culture, then we understand that Jesus paid the highest price because we are significant. And so in that place, that's it's attention. It's not something that like you, just own and walk in every day. You are, we're going to get faced with so many opportunities to feel that way and so many opportunities to believe that. But I know that, you know, um, it's something that we just can continue to surrender back to God. And so, and knowing that our worth and our value is there. And, you know, um, if he says to start a podcast, do it, you know, um, if you, if your goal is like to be number one podcast, that's cool. But if your value is in that, that's going to lead you into a place of, you know, comparison. It's going to lead you into a place that you're, you're chasing that promise or that goal more than you are surrendering to, surrendering to God. And so we move out of thriving and, and moving in our, our unique gifts in our own lane. And then we go into, you know, that striving and, um, it doesn't bring out the best in us, you know? And, um, I just spent too much time there that I like, that wasn't productive. That wasn't fruitful for me. <laughs> and so it's like, this is where I like to be, you know? And so we do that by celebrating what God is doing in us. And we do that by celebrating what God is doing in others. Like, yeah, you go girl. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Like, I'm glad, you know, um, that that's what he's doing in your life right now. And so that was what has kept me very, um, you know, focused on my life and focused on today. Such good practical information and so, so many things to celebrate when we really take the time to, to think about those things. Yeah. So let's talk about trust and you sort of alluded to this a little bit earlier, but would you share how your, how, like, how has your trust in God increased in your times of waiting? Yeah. Um, I was speaking with a friend about this very thing. And as we were kind of coming, you know, as this whole global pandemic kind of came closer and closer to our homes. Right. You know, at first it was kind of like, Oh, it's happening out there and it should, it should be kind of done by now. And then all of a sudden more and more it, you know, um, crossed 
you know, closer and closer. And so in this pandemic, um, you know, I work a full-time job and a week into, um, you know, our quarantine, I was let go from my job. Um, my husband, some of his other, you know, um, projects that he does to supplement our income that was all taken away and put, you know, on pause because of the very situation. And, in that moment, there's definitely all opportunity to freak out and to operate in fear. And I, you know, looked at my husband and I've never been more grateful for the many times that things have not gone our way. I was extremely grateful for the seasons of um, what feels like the wilderness. I was thankful for the many closed doors that have happened in our life because those are seasons where you learn to trust. Those are seasons where your trust is refined and it's strengthened. And because of that, I feel like we, again, not have done this like, woohoo, this is awesome. But we have recognized that God is in this. He is faithful. Okay, that's who what we're trusting. We're trusting you there. And so my trust has matured. My trust in God has matured over time because I've seen him come through the faithfulness of God then is the faithfulness of God here. And although he might do it differently and he might move in a different way and choose to bring his, you know, his answers and all of that in in a unique opportunity in a different way, my threshold has, has, you know, um, increased my ability to see, um, things that aren't going my way as opportunity as opportunity for God to do something awesome in my life, as opportunity for me to surrender something that maybe I have not surrendered and an opportunity for me to walk in more freedom. And so we, um, right on, we said, we will not operate in fear. We're going to move forward. We're going to serve and show up and give from a place of abundance and generosity. And we will not allow any of those things to take, you know, hold of us or even feel like they have, you know, um, you know, uh, like possession over us in a, in a way. Right. Um, like we're not going to, um, worry about those kind of things. And so it's a moment by moment. You have those moments where you're like, I have no idea how he's going to do this. I have no idea. But if I believe that he is faithful, then I have to, then I have to let him prove that. And, and that happens in trust. You know, you think about that trust fall. Have you ever did that with your friends? Like, okay, I'm going to stand behind you. I hated that thing because, yeah. and you know, and then, but then you go like, okay, like if you had a group of friends and you were doing that, like, I'm sure you had like two or three people that you're like, okay, I trust that person, you know, but yeah. there's like some people that you're like, I feel like you might use this as an opportunity to just like, let me fall, you mm-hmm. know? And so it's like in that, it's like, you only are, you know, the moment of that trust is in the fall, is in that place. And so I feel like I have been given the greatest gift of navigating different seasons of life that I have had to lean on God and where my trust has had to, um, you know, um, strengthen. And then I just think, you know, okay, I believe that a God created heaven and earth. I believe that he sent his son Jesus to be born of a virgin. I believe he died. I believe he rose again. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, let's think about that. No, no. Yeah. If we believe that is to be true, then he absolutely can take care of me in my home. Yeah. 
He absolutely can take care of it. And yes, sometimes he does not answer the prayers that we're praying in the way that we're asking him for. You know, I, I, I don't overlook the times that I've seen healing not come. I don't overlook the times that I have seen marriages end. I don't overlook the times where I've seen people desperately praying that God would heal their children and he didn't, you know, in that way in, in, in here on earth. You know, I've seen things in those moments, but even in those times, I've seen the faithfulness and the goodness of God and that I know that even if he did not spare his son, Jesus, because back to that place of he works with eternity and his plan is a redemptive plan. And I know that he works all things for our good. Not that he makes bad things good, but he uses those things for good. I've seen in the, some of the most heart hardships and tragedy opportunities for people to find Jesus and find hope in him. I've seen, you know, um, things move forward in what I thought maybe would move forward because of a miracle. And it's actually been in the waiting or in a closed door or in the no that I've seen that too. And so I just have to remember, like, who am I talking to? I'm talking to the creator of the heavens and the earth. God is so capable. He is so able. And my part is to trust. And my part is to simply walk each moment do exactly what he has asked me to do, you know, um, be faithful with what he's entrusted me with and let him be God and let him do that. And, you know, um, and I think that when we have a, a right perspective of who God is and, and what he wants to do in our lives, then I think it's, it is a whole lot easier for us to surrender and say, okay, God, like you have stripped me, like, you know, even in this situation where we lost my job, like, okay. I don't know how, but you're going to come through. And let me tell you, we have lost some things here, but we have lacked nothing. Mm -hmm. We have lacked nothing. Mm -hmm. And I don't say that, you know, if you do this and that, then God will do this or that. I don't think there's a formula, but he says, you know, trust me and see if I will not trust me, you know, trust me in this. And so, um, I think that, you know, we have to, if we have placed our hope in Jesus, then we have to see like what, what is it that we believe? And if we believe those crazy things then we can believe other crazy things, um, and, you know, and trust is developed and trust is matured and, you know, um, and he's faithful over time. Yeah. He won't let us fall for sure. No, no, well, he won't. So let's talk about that. You, you mentioned some of those seasons of waiting that, that leave us feeling discouraged and frustrated and even left out of God's plan. So sure. How, how would you suggest that we remain confident in God's goodness um, in those seasons? Yeah, I think that um, we have to um, cultivate abiding in our lives, like abiding in him. Um, it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added to us. I think that when we move out from abiding in God, um, we begin to just you know, we begin to do things that maybe aren't, aren't for our season or believing for things that aren't really for us, you know, cause I always were, I was always so perplexed about the scripture. That's like, ask anything, ask yeah. seek knock, yeah. and it'll be, ha it'll happen. Mm -hmm. And I think that what happens when we abide in God is that he shows us his will. And so then we begin to pray his will. And then when we pray his will, it happens. And so I think that we don't abide. We just, you know, 
ask, seek, knock for the things that we want and to move our plan forward um, or what we think is, you know, supposed to move forward. And so um, in that, I think that abiding is something that, you know, um, that we need to do and not in you know, and not to say that every day you feel like, oh, I just can't wait to spend time, you know, or like, Mm -hmm. you know, but we should, and we, we should want to. And I think that we can create, um, uh, you know, sometimes we don't even know, um, that something is really awesome for us until we try it (laughs) until we try it a couple times. And so, you know, I'm thinking about the scriptures says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, he wants to spend time with us. He wants to reveal things to us. He wants to share with us. And so I think abiding is, is that, and then, you know, again, celebrating and then resisting comparison. Mm -hmm. I think those three things really help us stay in our lane, stay surrendered, and um, just moving forward in gratitude. How do we find hope in the promises of God for today and tomorrow, even when things aren't going the way we plan? Yeah, um, I think that it's okay. God can handle our disappointment. Yeah. He can handle um, us saying, hey, I, this is not how I thought it was going to go. Or this is really hurting me. You know, this is really painful. Um, I I have no doubt because I have said many of those things to him that he can handle it. And I think that um, one of the scriptures I was reading over the last couple of weeks was I'm a prisoner of hope. Mm. And I thought if we're going to be a prisoner to anything, let's be a prisoner of hope. And I think that. Um, you know, we have to know that hope is not something we earn or something that some people have more of or anything like that. Hope is a person and his name is Jesus and Jesus is alive. And as long as Jesus is alive, there is always hope. Mm. And in that we can have hope even in the middle of darkness. We can have hope even when things are not happening our way. We can have hope because no matter what it is that we're facing, no matter what it looks like, we can know that there is a miracle working God, a promise keeper who is willing to do um, exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever think, hope for, or imagine. And so we can always have hope if we have Jesus. Mm, amen. Well, so you, you talked about comparison earlier. And so yeah. you, you, you actually encourage your readers to stop believing the lie that everyone else is living a better story. Yes. So how do we learn to live fully convinced of God's plan for us, mm-hmm. <laughs> us alone, not us, right. but even during their next season of waiting. Yeah. You know, um, some people talk about, you know, um, like, okay, just unfriend somebody, you know, or that'll help you. And that's just like helps you avoid things, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's not getting to the root because, you know, take Instagram, all that, take that away and just have someone, you know, come and tell you something that is really cool in their life that you don't have, you know, like, um, you know, that that's going to be everywhere. And, um, in the, uh, the scripture I was reading yesterday, um, actually last night, it was talking about, um, you know, what, like the mark of a true Christian. And, and then it, um, the other scripture that I was reading went on to say, like, stop comparing your life. Like you are responsible 
for you to live your creative best um, and to like do your, like make the most of your life. And um, I think that, you know, sometimes it looks like people are living a better story because they're enjoying their story and they're, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're celebrating their story. And so, you know, I, I do believe I'm not, I'm not the girl of like hustle girl, go, go do you, you're in control of your life and only you can, that's not what I really, you know, that's not um, mm-hmm. what I b- believe, but I do believe we're, we're in control of our part yeah. and we have a part to play and our part is, you know, being faithful mm-hmm. and how we can be faithful is, having, you know, choosing joy. We can be faithful when we pursue peace. We can be faithful when we're enjoying. It said that Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly. And so many of us, we don't even know we're standing on abundant soil because, you know, it seems barren to us, Mm -hmm. but it's not barren to God. And most of the time it's not barren to what other people even see in your life, you know? And so I think that, um, yeah, I think that that's the, the, the part that we play is loving our life and being really grateful for that, you know, for, for where we are in our journey. And, um, and I think that when we do that, then we can see that, no, not everyone's living a brighter, shinier story. Like, yeah, they might have more money and more things. And, you know, cause I don't pretend to say that everyone is going to live an equal in that kind of life. You know what I mean? It's not going to be the same for me as it is for you, but God's promises um, are uniquely designed for us and, you know, for, for you. And so even though it's not the same, it's unique. And even though it's not again, like, okay, you get five and you get five, like, you know, we see what, you know, in scripture, just the different talents and the different things like that. And, and so, um, but when we say, okay, like this is my portion, like this is what you've entrusted me with and I'm going to make the most of this and I'm going to love it mm. and I'm going to embrace it and I'm going to leverage everything um, to, to move the, the message of Jesus forward. Yeah. And steward it well. Yeah. Yes. So good. Stewardship. Yeah. So this season I'm asking all of my guests who cool. have loved them well. And then how they have loved you well. So just to, to, I guess, tailor it more to you, how have they loved you well during your seasons of waiting? Okay. So right now, um, my, so right before, like my book launched in March, March 3rd. And by the next week, things were shutting down. Mm -hmm. And so I have not had like a book. I had to cancel my book launch parties and um, several other, you know, things that you look forward to. Yeah. And, um, during this season, um, the other day I woke up and I heard, I could smell coffee being made and I could tell my kids were making coffee and something that they've been wanting to do and help me. And they liked, they know I love coffee. And so they want to make me coffee. And so, you know, and kids do stuff and we do a lot of like talent shows and all kinds of stuff that they're always like, we did this for you. And so I thought it was just kind of another one of those mornings. Well, lo and behold, I, they call me out and I see little notes on the floor and I walk out to my living room and they had my three kids, my husband didn't even know, had thrown me a book launch party. Oh, and it seriously was the Aww. best day. It was the greatest surprise <laughs> I've ever crying, had actually. in my life. Seriously. Almost- <laughs> yeah. It was the best thing ever. And they literally, I mean, took 
like items and just wrote the, the word now waiting. And so I had like, I have like a now waiting pencil. I have now waiting everything. Like they gave me merchandise <laughs> and they had, um, they had um, speeches that they re- they read to me and they have loved me so well because, you know, um, you know, in that, in this, you know, like, you know, you, you are grieving, you are kind of, you know, just being honest of, of things that you, you were looking forward to that didn't happen that way. And, um, I didn't even have to really say that out loud for my kids to get the importance it was for me because they've been on the journey too with this, you know? Mm -hmm. And so they're invested in it. And, um, to, to me, to them, you know, they, they said, I'm the best mom ever. And I'm the, you know, best selling author. And so, um, I was like, I honestly, like, I mean, it would be cool to sell another book because they can, you know, we'll have, you know, maybe a college fund one day. <laughs> but if I didn't, like, there it is. You know what I mean? Like, there it is. And so they, they've really loved me well um, in this season. They've had a lot of grace for, for me. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's my kids, man. My kids have loved me well. That is such a sweet story. And it just makes me think, and not to make this about me at all, but we just celebrated my husband and I, our um, 14th wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. And we, so we weren't obviously able to go anywhere. Sure. And so my kids, um, they decided that they were going to serve us like it was a restaurant Aww, so we could go I on a date. That. And so they dressed up and they made a menu and they, you know, gave us each course and like, it just played, they played music and lit candles and it just, and broke my husband and I both just said this, this, even though we thought we would have wanted a different kind of anniversary getaway or dinner. Yeah. We didn't, this was our favorite anniversary today. I love that. It was, yeah. We felt so loved by them. And so, yeah. isn't that interesting that I our love kids that. Can, can do, I don't know, love us so yeah. well. Uh, yeah, yeah, they can. Yeah. And I think too, you know, um, I love to encourage people. I love to invest in people. Um, but I will say that has been a unique gift of waiting in this season. I have, um, just remembered and just kind of gone back to the greatest honor and the greatest gift that God could ever give me is to be able to be their mom. And, um, and so, uh, they show up for us, right. You know, and they love us well. And so I think that, um, that's been a really, a really great gift for them to have an opportunity to just show us, you know, Yeah. Well, so I'm interested to hear, how do you think that we can love others well when they are in seasons of waiting? Yeah, I think, um, you know, um, we don't have to give them an answer. We don't have to give them the way out, but we can um, help them see God's goodness in where they are. And um, a lot of times we want to help people get out of something. But, um, sometimes it's, it's, it's their part of the story that they're part of the journey that they need to really lean into. And so, um, just not trying to be, you know, God for them, but just loving them well, just reminding them of the goodness of God and reminding them that they're not alone. Um, I think is the best thing that, um, that we can do. Yeah. I think that's really good advice. Um, well, so, okay. So Sarah, tell us how we can all keep in contact with you. Yes. So, um, throughout our conversation, I was highlighting different pieces of my book now waiting. And so I would love for any of um, the people in your community would t- to grab a copy of that book. And, um, you can find me also 
at the Influence Her podcast. So Influence Her podcast. And I share all about family, faith, and fitness, three you know different uh, topics that um, I'm very passionate about. And I find most people ask me questions regarding. Mm-hmm. And so um, there is just some real conversations, mostly me having those conversations. And then I also bring in some guests um, to share as well. So they can find me there. And then also on my website, every Monday morning, I send out an email and it is a heartfelt email, just something that I might be, you know, um, just wanting to encourage girls in. And so um, they can connect with me there. And then, of course, on Instagram or social media at sarahjohnson.co. Okay. Well, Sarah, gosh, this has been such a wonderful conversation. Your your energy level um is fantastic. <laughs> I'm awesome. super pumped about the day and even super pumped about my waiting, which I <laughs> would never would have said before. I'm this. so glad. That's right. <laughs> so thank you for helping us to navigate this tension between where we want to be and where we are currently. And just thank Absolutely. you for helping us learn to wait well. God bless you. Yes. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode with Sarah Johnson. I hope that you were able to learn how to embrace your own season of waiting, as well as realize what you can do in your time of waiting. If you're interested in today's show notes, you can head on over to at Rachel Adams author on Instagram or on Facebook. I would love to connect with you there as well as connect with you over on my website at rachelkadams.com. You can subscribe to receive my weekly love offering email. If you have not yet subscribed, rated, and reviewed the Love Offering podcast, I would so appreciate that to help other women realize this Love Offering message. I received this um, beautiful review from Callie Schrader. She says that the Love Offering is a biblically rich podcast that doesn't water down the Word of God, and it doesn't make it sweet and fluffy like a lot of women's resources do. What this podcast does is encourages me in my day-to-day life, gives me practical ways to put God's Word into practice, and helps me to realize that many things I struggle with, other women struggle with too. Thank you so much, Callie, for this review. I so appreciate you giving a love offering back to me. Y'all, next week, my guest is Kate Battistelli. She is the author of The God Dare, and she's on the show encouraging us all to be brave enough to accept our own God dares. So I hope you'll make plans to tune in again next week. But until then, I hope you have a terrific week. And as always, remember to lead with love.